Good afternoon. You're listening to the Living Permaculture Show on KDNK. I'm your host, Vanessa Harmony, with Jerome Osentowski. Today, we're going to start with some updates from Central Rocky Mountain Permaculture Institute. We'll talk about agroforestry and a new academy that we'll tell you about, as well as some new publications to look out for. We'll talk about a permaculture design charrette, and we'll have a call in from Corrine Urbe from Broken Ground Permaculture. Jerome, why don't you start by telling us what's happening at Crimpy? Do you have any workshops coming up? Yeah, we do. Uh, our, our, our first winter workshop will be over on the Front Range. Um, we have a, a scheduled workshop at Lyons uh, on the 29th of January, and I'm going to be filling in the 28th, probably somewhere in the Boulder area, maybe at Naropa Institute, um, doing a greenhouse, uh, indoor forest gardening in greenhouses. And um, then uh, we also have been doing uh, just sort of a, a work day at, at Crimpy on Saturdays. People will come up uh, and do whatever is happening, chop and drop. Uh, harvesting, seed saving, worm farming. Uh, and it's not under crimpy, it's under my agricultural use. And it's very informal. That So people want to come up and volunteer, going to make sure the roads are good. Or you know, if you don't have a proper vehicle, I'll come down and pick you up. And so uh, we we have uh, these workshops uh, coming up in, in, in January. And then... Um, in April, uh, the 29th of April, we're going to be at Steamboat again. Um, that, that's a Sunday. And then uh, the previous Saturday, I'll be at C, hopefully at CMC in Steamboat doing a, a workshop in their dome training center, indoors and outdoors. So we're going to check in with them and, and do something there. And also, we have another project north of uh, Steamboat Springs called Home Ranch, where we built a couple of big greenhouses. And I probably head up there for an afternoon to do some consulting and seeing how things... We've been selling them a lot of tropical plants for their greenhouse. It's a big dude ranch, and they have a five-star restaurant, and they grow uh, produce for that restaurant. And they're looking at all kinds of sustainability, you know, things that they're they're doing. Uh, so... And then we have the, um, hopefully, the final meeting on the January the 10th at 1 o'clock at the Eagle County Courthouse in Elgebel. So this would be the final meeting for your special use permit hearing. And the ADU for my cabin. So um, there is, we're not scheduled to have public comment. The public comment has been shut down, and it's mainly it's a, a meeting between the planners, my staff, and the county commissioners to work over some final details because at the last meeting they were ready to approve my my special use permit and uh, with conditions with conditions and then um, so you know we it's possible they could open up uh, it's a public meeting so anybody can come but they can't really at this point they can't talk 
Right, but it might still be nice to have some public support. It there. might be good. Yeah, well, we had you know at our first meeting there. I think we had sixty people in favor of our our project, and we had over two hundred emails and you know that are published and presented to the. And we had obviously we had some neighbors um, that you know are not happy with uh, the process going forward. So. Uh, that that's an ongoing that's an ongoing dispute. It's a public process, and uh, even you know we have to so we have to honor that. Uh, we're hoping that we are uh, the commissioners will you know continue to see that we are valuable and we we should be able to continue doing what we're doing with conditions that. So that's good. If you can um, you know come. In support, that would be good. Uh, January the tenth, uh, one o'clock at the at Eagle County Courthouse. So in Elgibel, and then to recap the workshops, there will be two at the end of January in the Boulder and Lyons area, and two at the end of April in the Steamboat Springs area. Right, and, and that's that's the beginning of uh, we can fill in the calendar more, and then we also are coming up with a new program, Agroforestry Academy. Um, that's a new program that we are we are launching this coming spring. All right. Well, let's start by describing to our listeners um, the definition of agroforestry, and that would be growing agricultural crops and possibly also livestock amongst trees or perennial plants like shrubs. Um, some related terms would be edible forests, forest gardening, forest farming, silviculture. Alley cropping, so all of these coppicing. coppicing, all of these refer to a system where you're producing food, medicine, materials, fodder by incorporating trees into your agricultural system. Trees or shrubs, exactly. And so we we look at an opportunity. But back in the Middle Ages, um, there weren't universities. You couldn't go to a university and get a, a degree in environmental science, right? or you couldn't get a degree in anything. There were these roving scholars that moved around from one monastery to the other, and they, then they gathered people, and that's how information was kind of uh, disseminated. And so we're using that model. We're having roving scholars um, and roving students going from one agricultural site, one farm, to the next, and we're using the host as one of the teachers and uh, local instructors. Uh, so we have about almost a half a dozen, at least a half a dozen farms that will accept our agroforestry school right now. Uh, we yep. have Looks several like- in the valley here. Um, and we could talk about um, um, one over in Paonia, one or two they're divided into cold-temperate sites, warm-temperate sites, and tropical sites. So you would have the option of studying agroforestry in these different climates. The cold-temperate sites that Jerome started to refer to could be uh, Rivendell Farms, which is where my nursery is located in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Elkstone Farms in Steamboat Springs, which is going to be hosting one of the workshops we mentioned earlier in the program. Red Butte Farm in Paonia, which is Daniel Kelso and Sadie's new place. So right. those would be the cold temperate site uh, options. Well, this in the valley. Then we'd move over into um, in Maryland, where uh, when I when I travel and go to festivals, like I go to the Pow Pow Fest in September, 
I usually go a day early and stay a day late, and then I go and psych out what what else is around there, what agroforestry uh, programs and farms are are around there. And I'm working with Michael Judd. Uh, he's bought some really old one really old chestnut orchard it's like a hundred year old and then he's actually implemented and planted out some chestnut orchards and filbert orchards and uh there was another actually the state of maryland goes on private land and plants out these chestnut and nut orchards for free kind of what the NRCS does, uh, they have a program, and uh, one of these has been planted out with uh, a lady I know who runs a yoga retreat business on her farm. Flowering Heart Yoga? Yes, and she actually has one of these chestnut orchards that needs to be maintained and upgraded. Uh, So... What we would do is in the fall, we would go with our students and our teachers and using the local teachers there as well, and we would camp on these places, and we would upgrade these and learn about how they got installed and uh, maybe install new orchards. Uh, that would be in, in – and um, then we'd also go to the Pow Pow Fests and visit some Pow Pow Orchards. And learn from what what's going on there with commercial pow pow. It's such an uh, an open book. We uh, the opportunities to learn are on the ground, and it's kind of like an adult summer camp as well. And uh, that's and then we would move down as as the weather gets colder. We would move down to Florida, um, and um, we have connections, several connections down there. Tim Armstrong. Tim Armstrong from Eat Your Yard, Jacksonville. Yes, and he took he took um, the design course we did in Puerto Rico, and I've ordered uh, five hundred dollars worth of trees from him. Um, so he he uh, specializes in hardy avocados, and now he's into pow pow, and all and persimmons. He he actually does a persimmon festival down, so we could actually go to the persimmon festival down in, in Jacksonville, and work. Uh, with his nursery, learn nursery techniques, uh, tropical and subtropical. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's also ECHO, which is a big organization that's been working with Hunger Relief down in Fort Myers. Fort Myers. So that would be Education Concerns for Hunger Organization. Yes, I've worked with them over the years when I did this project over in Nicaragua. Uh, I, I spent some time down there uh, researching in their library, and I've gone to their tropical agricultural uh, workshop that they do in November, and they sell my book, uh, and I presented at that workshop as well. They sell my book in their their library, in their bookstore. So so we have these these farms where everything is going on, and we have amazing demonstration opportunities. And there are other nurseries down in home in uh, uh, what's that area just south of uh, of Miami. It's um, Homestead, right? It's all nurseries. It's miles and miles of 
nurseries and there's there's a guy Keith who does edible landscaping nurseries tropical and he goes in, down to Costa Rica and he visits all these forest gardens and has a YouTube channel he so working work with him as well so um and then we move on to Puerto Rico and perhaps uh, Dominican Dominican Republic uh to do our mid you know full on winter uh, programs like you know, working with Stephanie Sison, and you know what I really enjoyed was the PDC that we did down in Puerto Rico last year. How we were able to take thirty people, show up on her farm, and create a, a community and build all of the infrastructure out of the jungle, and bring in local teachers and local neighbors and uh so that's the kind of uh, you know, organic uh process that goes on with this uh sort of roving scholars and roving teachers program uh, so that and also um another uh, uh, we're going to have Kareen on here another another uh little tool that we have in our tool bag is the charrette. And yeah, we'll let Corrine talk about the permaculture design charrette when we call her shortly. And let me take a moment to let our listeners know they're listening to Living Permaculture on KDNK. And in summary, Crimpy's upcoming agroforestry school is going to be an opportunity to dis- uh, learn about the design, installation, care, and maintenance of temperate as well as tropical agroforestry systems. And where can they learn about the upcoming agroforestry school opportunities? Will there be information on the Crimpy website or will there be its own website? Yes, we will have uh, we'll have uh a mission statement and uh, a couple of pages, and um, and then that is kind of the first process, and we're also in the process of raising funds to develop the curriculum. I've hired Corrine uh, and Stephanie Sison to help write the curriculum, and that leads us to some new agroforestry books that are out there. There are a dozen agroforestry books that we can glean from, to use as textbooks for this agroforestry school. They're already written. And two or three of them have been written by my former interns, like you were an intern and took over my nursery. But uh, Eric Tonsmeyer and and uh, Mark Cratchit. Cratchit. Uh, I just interviewed him a couple months ago on his new book called Coppicing. Uh, um, Eric Tonsmeyer has a new book coming out. He's written... Um, carbon farming solutions, and he's written co-wrote the uh, two-volume book with David Jackie uh, edible on ed- forest edible gardens. forest gardens, and he's written a book on perennial vegetables, and uh, another book called uh, Paradise Paradise Lot Paradise Lot. So uh, he's always, and he's written books. Um, he's actually contributed to. Um, what was that book that came out about? Project Drawdown. Yes, yes. He was he wrote some of the agroforestry stuff in there. So uh, his part of this new book coming out on agroforestry, it's supposed to be a book on temperate alley cropping, but he has written, his part is all about edible leaves. Trees with edible leaves. Yes, and I have a copy. I have the draft copy. 
I'm not supposed to show it to anybody, but um, until it comes out this this month, at the end of this month, it should come out, and there'll be a free digital copy. And there's also a free digital copy of a new agroforestry book out of Brazil. Can you want to talk a little bit about that? You saw that. Huh? Sure. This is a technical publication released by World Agroforestry. It's called Agroforestry Systems for Ecological Restoration. It talks about options for two of Brazil's biomes, but it has a lot of practical applications for other climates and and ways to help you plan your agroforestry system. Since you're working with trees, part of your system might not have a crop for 10 years, and so you have to plan what your yields will be um, in the meantime. Yeah, doing you know, annuals in between the alleys until raising or grazing in between the alleys. So lots of flexibility to make these things productive from the get-go, right? And, uh, and we're always building soils. We're always sequestering carbon. Right. The advantage of agroforestry systems is since they're involving perennial plants that aren't moving, you're going to be building soil over time, conserving water because those roots are able to store water, promoting biodiversity because you're creating habitat with all of that in place infrastructure, plant and, infrastructure, and as well as not much the beauty. not much tillage involved, so uh, yeah, you're not disturbing the, the, the soil food web and the mycelium associations between plants. You're letting that go on indefinitely, and you're enhancing it by introducing the, the mycorrhizae and making sure that the habitat is there for it to continue and all the uh, soil food webs, uh, uh, earthworms and everything else. That agroforestry has such um, so many potentials. And, you know, the problem of getting any traction on these things is that it's not something that, you know, the multinationals can can control and make a buck on as quickly as they can with growing corns and soybean and doing commodity crops and, you know, um, you know, and doing uh, confinement animals. And so instead of having, you know, animals locked up in cages and force fed, you got them out on, on pasture in savannas and in between rows of nitrogen fixing plants. And so they get the shade and they also eat, the coppice, and they can also eat um, the pods from honey locusts. So, you're you know it's it's very um, holistic, mm-hmm. and this is what you know. What do deer and elk do? I mean, they are basically doing silviculture on our public lands and on some private lands. So we're looking at nature, and we're looking at those models that work. I mean. I've been watching the uh, the um, deer herd on my mountain, Basalt Mountain, for fifty years, and so you so we're just mimicking that if we're doing silviculture in our agroforestry systems. So we should be getting Corrine uh, um, on the phone pretty soon, and we'll we'll talk about our next uh, effort to uh, teach design and permaculture in a two-day format, which is called our practicum. Permaculture Design Practicum. Yeah, so we have three of them under our belts now, one in Montana, one over in Cattle Creek, and then one up in the, on the Front Range, and we're hoping to do several more of these. And Corrine's going to talk a little bit about the, um, what that, what's involved in that two-day charrette and uh, 
Call. All right. Well, let's get Kareen on the line. And once again, you're listening to Living Permaculture on KDNK. All right. We have on the line with us now Kareen Irby from Broken Ground. Welcome, Kareen. Thanks for having me, Vanessa. Go ahead and tell us about a permaculture charrette, um, also known as a design practicum. Yeah, so um, Jerome and I have been doing a few of these um, over the past few years, and um, a charrette or a design practicum is basically a collaborative process where a group of people come together, um, people who want to learn more about permaculture, uh, it gives them an introduction, but then we also engage them uh, directly in the actual design process of the site. So typically what happens is that the host of the site needs a design um, on of their site. And what we've found is that rather than just, you know, one or two professional permaculture designers coming in, we found there's such a great um, uh, a mix of ideas and synergy that happens when you bring a larger group of people together, uh, give them an understanding of permaculture principles and the design methods and process, and then set them directly to work um, walking the land of this of a particular site and um, breaking up into groups and coming up with uh, a design um, for that site. So it's that mutually beneficial both for the host and the participants that they're actually doing something that's of, of use. Um, it's an actual um, design site that will be implemented. And then for the host, it gives them an opportunity to see kind of a diversity of ideas um, and we know this, of course, right, that one or two, you know, multiple minds is better than just one or two in terms of bringing design ideas um, to the fore. Yeah, and we've had some very good, uh, the one we did uh, in Montana and one we did in uh, Castle, Cattle Creek and the one we did on the Front Range, we have a, a lot of professionals showing up. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, we have architects, we have engineers, we have landscape architects. Um, and so, you know, there are a lot of professionals show up to these practicums and they they bring their uh, their toolkit with them. And uh, we give them a base map and then we do overlays and come up with all kinds of different uh, livelihoods that can manifest themselves on these properties and help generate uh, income and also restore their, you know, farms and keep them more sustainable and regenerative. So you want to talk a little bit about um, the ones we've done uh, in Cattle Creek, I think, uh, one of the ones that that was very, very successful. Yeah, we first did one in Montana, which was great. That kind of got us started out in terms of outlining, outlining a good curriculum and way of, of working together. And then uh, last spring we did one at Cattle Creek uh, Farms there in Carbondale um, and just heard back um, from the owners and they just said how beneficial it was, um, that whole design process. And it really inspired them to, to dream bigger and also connected them with like-minded people. Uh, so that's also part of the the practicum is just bringing a group of like-minded people together and making connections and creating a, a small community over the course of a weekend. Um, so they really benefited from, um, you know, having everyone there connect um, with the land, with the vision, 
uh, and it's really um, pulled them forward. And they had a very first, um, the, their very first successful year um, in, in terms of growing. So that's been really great. We did the same thing at Drolla Mountain Center near Red Feather Lakes. Again, it's an opportunity not only to bring outside people into the space, but also anyone that's um, already on the land, um, people who might live on the land or work um, with that farm or with that organization. It's an opportunity for everyone to get on the same page in terms of the overall vision for the site and then participating in that site planning with those outside voices. So um, we've just seen a lot of success. I've found that it's it's a really effective way um, rather than, you know, of course, there's the two week long design course that Crimpy runs, which is great and beneficial. But if people have a limited amount of time and want just a little bit of experience with permaculture, with the design process, this is a really good introduction to that. Yeah. So I think going back to the Cattle Creek operation, uh, you know, Travis brought me in, Molly brought me in to do consulting, and I said, well, really, I can't do as good a job as if, if we come and do this practicum. I line them up with no, local resources. Vanessa it wound up doing the forest garden there out of her nursery. So, um, And then I brought in Casey to help Travis with his annual production, and I did the worm farming and so, because um, he didn't know that these resources were out there in the valley. So the reality is just to bring everybody together and let's all make it work. Uh, and then we also potentially have a couple of uh, sites that we are going to be doing here in the valley. Uh, one at uh, Rivendale um, and uh, one at, perhaps at the Kaufman Ranch. Uh, they expressed some interest in doing a charrette there, and I've you sent them a proposal. So um, we're hoping to continue this uh, practicum here in the Valley and beyond over in Santa Fe, perhaps, and maybe down in uh, Florida and, and uh, maybe over in Puerto Rico. So we're taking this 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 uh, little two-day thing and uh, spreading it across the, the world, actually. Great. Well, mm-hmm. I know... I- oh, go ahead, Corrine. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just like the idea that, you know, Crimpy and and that practicum becomes a hub, a connector to connect people, like Jerome said, to resources, to knowledge, uh, and to to ways of thinking that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have thought of. So um, that's, that's why practicums are so beneficial. Great. Well, if listeners are interested in the design practicums or the agroforestry school or the upcoming uh, crimpy-related workshops, they can go to crmpi.org slash learn. And will they also be posted on your website, Corrine, brokengroundpermaculture.com? Yeah, yes, the ones that I'll be doing with Jerome uh, once we uh, decide on dates and firm all of that up, they'll be posted there as well. Yeah, and uh, Jerome at crmpi.org, or you can call us at 970-456-3480 for any upcoming and um, programs that we're going to be doing. Well, Corrine Irby from Broken Ground, thank you so much for your time telling us about the permaculture charrettes and design practicums. We look forward to seeing you. And I'm so appreciative yeah, so of having, having, having uh Vanessa as uh, our new co-host on the Living Permaculture, taking, picking up the reins from Stephanie Sison.
Thank you, everyone. See you next time. Thank you.